You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and today I've got Tobin Gorey, our Ag Strategist with me. Tobin, good to have you on. Yeah, good, good to talk to you again too, Belinda. Now, we are here for our quarterly chat on what is happening in the agricultural space, which is a very varied market, uh, but overall, yes. <laughs> we can talk about anything from beef, canola, wheat, all of that. But today we're going to focus on a few key issues that's going on in the market and some more topical issues. But just before we get into, I guess, those more thematical issues, kind of what's been happening more in ag markets in recent months? I think a sketch of it is that we uh, saw for the crops, so broad acre crops like you know, grains, oil seeds, and a few other things as well, but mainly those is we've seen prices move up to levels we haven't seen for, you know, five, six years. Mm. Um, and that's been a result of, you know, supply tightening through this year. Those prices went up to very high levels. So if we take the example of corn, which is kind of like the epicentre feed grain, if you like, uh, you know, uh, spot corn nearly got up to eight bucks. The last time, sorry, eight bucks a bushel, that is, bushel. US dollars as well. Uh, the last time it was up there was, you know, back in 2012-13. Mm. Uh, and that was when we had a period of tight supply again. And so it, so prices went up there. What's happened in May, though, is we've seen a couple of, um, you know, really big fall in prices. So, you know, if prices were up sort of the best part of, you know, 35 40%, they probably lost 10% in the last right. fortnight. Okay. So is that being caught up in the broader market thematic, which we have spoken about a lot on our recent podcast of inflation? Oh, definitely. Uh, because you know, there, there is a underlying fundamental aspect of this within AGS, which, mm. we'll, which we'll talk about some more later. But... A macro overlay, and that has been an important part of that rise. Uh, that fear of inflation gets investors into a variety of things to take advantage of that, and one of them is commodities. So we have seen quite a bit of money flow into commodity markets, um, in futures in particular, but in other ways as well. As they're trying to protect their portfolios against inflation, they see commodities, ags and hard commodities as well, as, uh, as ways to protect themselves. Very good. All right. So we're going to get into some more of the thematical pieces at the moment. Now, you mentioned just before that there's been, I guess, a tightening in supply. You mentioned corn in particular. Now, in our last couple of podcasts together, we've talked about the turf war and how that may lead to a capacity constraint. I think what is pretty certain at the moment is we have seen a tightening in supply broadly in the agricultural space. How can you kind of characterise it like what do you what do you look at to kind of work out if we are starting to to bump up to those capacity constraints yeah because because there's two parts so that so the tightening supply has happened for two reasons one we've had 2020 had some in different crops in some places so europe didn't grow a lot of wheat last year um brazil grew a lot less soybeans than they thought they would um and Brazil's also in the process of, you know, probably losing a lot of yield on a corn crop. So that was the big one. So, you know, you have some bad luck, mm. essentially, and that, that does that. But the other, uh, the other aspect we see there is that demand is also has risen over time. 
Uh, we talked I talked before about that period when when you know feed prices were really high. Mm. You know, back about ten years ago now. Um, and at that period of time, because prices were high, we saw a really big expansion in capacity globally. Now that after that, from about two thousand and fourteen until late last year, prices have been pretty much in the doldrums. But slowly over that, you know, sort of half decade or so, we've caught up in terms of demand. So we've seen, you know, uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of countries in the world where you know, people get higher incomes, yep. they eat more food, they eat better food in particular, and that's quite resource intensive. So, and, and, and that demand's bubbled up over time. You know, we've seen big examples of this year, this year with China buying enormous amounts of yes. corn out of the US. Yes. And that's... Uh, and that, that's part of the story. That's a, that's kind of a one-year story, but there's a, a background story there. So I guess what we're saying there is that that uh, 2020 is, is not, not a great year for crops, but it's not a particularly bad year for mm. crops. Part of the reasons we're eating through all that supply, though, is that demand has just reached to a certain level. So, And and what that means is that you know there's not a lot of spare capacity out there at, at what are now current prices uh, to meet that meet that demand. And I guess that's probably also on the assumption that weather cooperates as well. Oh, it, it does certainly. So, you know, there's, the, the thing we're thinking about capacity and agony, it is to some extent uh, the the product of, you know, your luck with the weather. So, you know, you can have very good years where where it rains at the right time, it, it's, it, it shines at the right time, and, and, and everything everything goes goes hunky dory, and you get good crops. That was that's what happened in eastern Australia last year. That's why we had a record wheat crop. Yes, here. yeah, and that certainly helped uh, Australia's exports as well. Yeah, uh, but there is another aspect to it too: is that you know, some of this is under the control of growers. Mm. Um, you know, there's two ways they could do that. Obviously, they can plant more plant more land. Um, you know, sometimes if prices are low, they they won't bother with more marginal land just because they won't yield enough to pay for their input costs and so on. Um, and, but also, it, it's also about, you know, how much effort you put into, you know, raising the yield on the crop or the quality of the crop, where, you know, how it's fertiliser you put on um, and, and other treatments you put on as well. So, and clearly, you know, when prices are low, um, you're not going to bother as much. No. So, so the, the extent that, so if you're getting paid more, you plant more area and also you make more effort uh, to make all that area more more productive as well. So that is, the, the, there is a, there's, a lot of it's not under control. It's all big and outdoors. Yes. yes. But it's uh, there is an element there where where, where growers can choose um, to the extent which, which they, how much effort they want to put in, and that is really a function of how much they're getting paid. Yes. So I guess we've had years of tightening supply. I guess it can't. That just doesn't happen overnight. It takes a couple of seasons to get to that sort of supply constraint, and also demands built up mm. over the period as well. So those two issues are really coming together at the moment. It is. And, and I, I think it's the because and and people can read this in more detail in the mm. AQ, but um, we try to develop a measure of um, how much capacity we have, yes. and and what we what we've what the measure we have says, and this is experimental, um, so we're going to take this with a grain of salt. But what it shows is that our capacity use over the last four or five years has been at a higher level than it has been in past episodes of high prices. Very good. And that's, I guess, even just thinking about the last six or 12 months, just in economies broadly, we actually have seen capacity start to be soaked up post uh, the the worst of the pandemic as well. Now, another interesting thematic that you did write about was the farm price boom in Australia. So, which is really interesting. I'm an Australian economist. I focus on house prices. Residential property prices have been booming in Australia really since September, after we got through the worst of COVID-19. 
But as you say in your note, we've also seen a lift in farm prices as well. But not all farm prices are the same. Oh, no, that, yeah, exactly right. So um, the, the numbers we looked at, um, Abares uh, put together a really good data set for a study they did and um, we got that data set. And, they, and yeah, you can go into a lot of detail with it, but they broke it down into three broad categories, which is pastoral land, it's actually grazing land, yep. principally for cattle. Yep. Um, then there's sort of, you know, crop sheep land, which is obviously growing crops or running sheep on. Then there's the high rainfall zone where things like dairy, um, you know, intensive grazing, horticulture and things right. like that get done. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the thing about those is they're obviously very, very different price levels, uh, but they all seem to be having quite a lot of price growth yes. uh, very recently. So, you know, there's, you know, you only have to open, like, you know, you read the rural press and there's, um, you know, stories every day about uh, farms going for, you know, what are considered to be high prices, mm. just on what people know about the thing. And and it's also clearly being driven by investors wanting to get into it. So right. it's not a – we're not a situation where people are being forced to sell things. It's because money is coming into the space and yeah. that, that's pushing up prices. And finally, the labour shortages. So we have spoken in previous podcasts as well about how agricultural space picking is really subject to seasonal labour. More broadly, the Australian labour market has tightened, the unemployment rates come back down, but the ag space really does face some, I guess, heightened issues when it comes to labour shortages. Yeah, it does. And it, and it came through last year, so, you know, um, one of the, one of, one of the uh, peak horticultural organisations, mm. I, I think, put a number... Um, some people lost around $45 million in lost crops that they'd counted, and that would be an underestimate of what it was. Because they couldn't get them picked. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and it was, so it was, and that, and that is just principally a result of the pandemic. No, mm. people, people are not travelling. Um, you know, a big part of that labour force was backpackers. And, you know, there's, you know, it's, and in you know, the last year, I think there's been um, 30 odd thousand backpacker visas granted, but but you know, in the year, the full year before the pandemic, it was it was it was, it was five six times yes. that. So, and you know, you got to, and Burroughs puts a seasonal labour force estimate at around one hundred to one hundred fifty thousand, yep. depending on when you ask in the year, and probably, you know, uh, somewhere between a third and a half of that were overseas workers. Mm. A lot of them backpackers, but also some coming in from Pacific Island nations yes. as well, as seasonal workers. Border closures do not help with that. No, no, and it was, and so you know that labour supply. There were different uh, things tried. Um, some some things worked, some things didn't. Um, our take on it is that really the thing that the, the reason that so many of those jobs were filled by backpackers or people coming from overseas is the local labour supply for these jobs was just small anyway. Yes, yes. So it, it, it's it kind of it, 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 so it's hard to look internally within Australia uh, to look at that even normally. But if you're in a you know, pandemic situation, or if you're in a lockdown situation, um, you don't really want to, you know, everybody's got their life, um, they're at home with family or their partner or, you know, they're part of doing, and they might be off work because of lockdown, mm. but... They don't want to run the risk. Yeah, exactly, because lockdown may come off in two weeks' time mm. and then they can go back to their job. Um, you know, chasing, you know, a couple of weeks' work somewhere and sacrificing a job... Uh, that, that you've been in for a long while, and plus, you know, they're not comparable to jobs. I mean, seasonal fruit picking is 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 it's not going to be a long term thing for most people. Mm. And a lot of people are doing things like, you know, they're in different jobs. Whether they're in the uh, with, with they work in cafes and restaurants, or they they work in the 
working on the tourist sectors and so on, where you know, they're building up experience and skills in the sector and they're going to have long-term careers in there. So you know, the appeal of, you know, it might be two weeks worth of money or something like that, yes. but, but getting up and uh, you know, uprooting your life. And I, mean, I guess, and the contrast we make in there is with, you know, fly and flyer jobs in mining because it's, it's you know, the reason a lot of people get paid so much when out there is not less to do with the jobs as such, but yep. it's more to do with the fact that you are sacrificing a lot of lifestyle to accept that, you know, you, you know, injecting yourself in and tearing yourself out of your, of your personal life at home. Tobin, it's been great to get your insights as to some of the key issues that are being going on in the agricultural space. Uh, thanks for coming on. Right, thanks for having me again, Belinda. Now, you can read Tobin Gorey's quarterly report titled Halftime or Full-Time, which was published on the 27th of May 2021 on combankresearch.com.au.